Hello, I'm Stu Sensei and welcome to the Stu Sensei English Podcast, the place that helps you unlock your English ability. Let's crack on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Stu Sensei English Podcast with me, Stu Sensei. Today, Alison from English in Technicolor is back to give us some tips about grammar and whether mistakes are a bad thing. I have many students asking me questions online and a lot of the time they're asking me, well, a lot of the time people don't want to speak. You know, they want to improve their speaking skills, so they don't want to speak because they're scared of making mistakes whilst they speak. Um, especially the first few times if they haven't ever done it before when speaking to someone else. So um, what do you think about this? Yeah, 100%. I think that even if you are the most confident person in the world, even if you know loads of words and phrases and your grammar's good, it's still scary. And I think that there's a part of that that, first of all, we have to ask ourselves, why am I scared? And kind of try and rationalize it because often fear is irrational, right? Mm. So it's kind of like, what am I scared of? What's the worst that could happen? And most of the time, nothing's going to happen. It's just, we're really afraid of how people are going to perceive us and perceive our English, right? Yeah, Or whatever language you're learning. Um, so first of all, step one, I would say probably rationalize it. Ask yourself where this fear is coming from. Second of all, I mean, be as prepared as you can. Um, sometimes when I've gone to parties or I've had presentations and things like that in Spanish, what I do to feel less scared is be more prepared. So I'll write down certain phrases that I can use if I am, I don't know, uh, having some troubles, like emergency phrases, no? Yeah. Um, Or just some questions that I could ask people in a social situation, like if I'm making friends, um, even if it's just something like, what about you? <laughs> you can just deflect the question right back at the person and the conversation keeps going. Um, and I think the final thing that I would always say is that this is just my personal philosophy hmm. is be scared and do it anyway. Um, because the fear usually goes away with practice. So those first few times, you are going to be scared. It's not going to miraculously go away. So be scared, do it anyway. Be scared, do it anyway. And just keep doing it until the fear like shrinks each time. Um, yeah, I think the more times we do something, the more experiences we get, the yeah. more normal it becomes, doesn't it? So I kind of equate, always equate this to the first day of your job. You know, the, even in how good, yes. regardless of how good you are, you know, you know everything about your job, but then you go to a new place, you have to find the place, you don't know <laughs> where all the things are in the office, or you don't know all the people, you feel more nervous, you know, you often make mistakes on the first couple of weeks, in the, within the first couple of weeks, and you so yeah. it's very similar. It's a great analogy. So obviously, I don't think students have to worry so much, like you said, yeah. um, and there's ways to get over it. Um, do you think it's important if... Uh, Do you think people can learn or improve their speaking skills without having a conversation? How important is a conversation for people who are scared, you know, people who don't want to take that first step right now? Mm -hmm. How important is it to have conversation to improve speaking? Is it, is it a necessity? Languages are acquired socially. Um, mm. That's how everybody acquires their first language just by 
uh, interacting with the world. But if you're not ready for that step yet, I would also I would also say that you know having a conversation is not just about speaking; it's also about being a good listener. So something else that you could do is work on listening skills, um, and um, you know at least then if you're not actively participating in speaking in the conversation, you can still understand what's going on. Um, and I think another thing as well is that um, this is something that a lot of people do. They just talk to themselves. No, you have conversations with yourself in the shower or sometimes I would just pretend to argue with people in Spanish in my head. And that would really work for me um, because not only was I thinking of my answers, but I was also thinking of their answers as well. So um, if you're not worried about looking a little bit crazy walking around your house, I think it's a good option as well. Just talking to yourself. Um, but yeah, uh, writing is also great. Um, because it's sort of like you are still producing language, but you still have a lot more time to process all of the words, think about what grammar you're going to be using um, and how to communicate your message. Um, but it's not as instant. It's not as like an adrenaline spot like speaking feels sometimes. Like you have to know everything in that moment. Uh, you can take your time and I think it's a little bit more relaxed. Do you think even if someone does make a mistake with, in a conversation will it affect the communication to the level that maybe they think in their head yeah um it affect communication like in the conversation hmm does, does it create such a big problem within communication that you know the conversation is just non-existent or mm. there's that awkward embarrassing pause big big selections of awkward <laughs> pauses you know like many people think i mean i would always say like no but it depends on the context. Uh, if you're just having a casual conversation with friends, it's not going to have so much of an impact. But if you are in a business meeting, of course, um, that might generate perhaps distrust or confusion. Um, but I would say most of the time, uh, hopefully the other person in an ideal world will have enough patience to kind of wait for you to overcome this mistake and or... Um, I don't know, just have more patience and tolerance. Maybe not, tolerance is not the right word. Um, I don't like that word so much. Um, I think it's also the kind of mistake. Yeah. Um, no, if it's just a little mistake with, I don't know, uh, an article or maybe like a, the preposition, I think it really depends how much it impacts meaning. Uh, if it totally changes the meaning of what you're saying, of course, it's going to have um, <laughs> like a bigger impact. Um, but if it's just something minor, they're probably not going to notice it. No, mm. um, this is also something that uh, I was talking about with some students of mine, um, that we should stop apologizing for those mistakes as well. Or stop apologizing before we start speaking, because what we're doing is we're redirecting people's attention towards our mistakes. Yeah, yeah, that I don't right? think that's a good... That's because if you say sorry sorry for my bad english or sorry for my english before you even start you're already drawing their attention to it because if you hadn't if you hadn't have said that in the first place maybe they would never have even noticed no yeah even so. even if we compare to like professional athletes or professionals in most fields um they all say that you should go in there thinking that you will succeed yeah rather than thinking that because if you think that you're going to fail you the likelihood of failing is higher so even in a in many different settings that's a similar kind of concept so 
I think within conversation, that's definitely a thing. And and yeah, I, yeah. I try and tell my students immediately, you, you should not ever say that because it's so important. You know, you're completely correct. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like a professional singer before going on stage or something? Or I don't know, before singing the first song, they're like, oh, sorry, I'm a terrible singer, but here's my In first my song. Opinion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be weird, right? It would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Native speakers also make mistakes. So what do we do? Because, you know, we, me and you are British and British people are well known for apologising for many things. <laughs> when it's not their fault, fault. But when we're in a conversation and we make a mistake, I don't think I apologise even if I make a mistake. So what do we do? What do you think that we do um, to get over those awkward moments? Um, just keep going. Just hope that no one notices. It's kind of like, you know, if, if someone's like dancing on stage and they fall over, they just have to get back up again and just carry on, pick up the routine. And I think that's also what we have to do in conversations, just sort of keep going or just recognize the mistake as well. You could also do the opposite, yeah. just be like, oh, sorry, uh, I think that wasn't the right word, but I can't think of the word right now. Or, or yeah. I'm just having trouble remembering blah <laughs> and then just carry on. And um, I think most of the time people will help you out and they'll say, oh, did you mean... And they'll give you the word anyway. No, um, but yeah. Yeah, that definitely isn't a bad thing. You know, I don't think. I think people think that it's a bad thing when someone has to tell you something, don't they? And people yeah. are worried about the space, that silence. You know, like the first time when you meet someone, they think that every time you make a mistake is like that. And I don't think it is. But if you make the space longer, that's when it becomes more awkward. If you can, like you said, if you can follow up or continue on, with the conversation it definitely um people don't remember any of it I think that like what I was saying earlier about those like emergency phrases they're really really good just for real life for for the speaking exams and all of these exams like IELTS and Cambridge Advance you should always have one for those silences so you can you can say something just like oh I uh, I just forgot what I was saying for a moment give me one second um, and that's totally normal. And that's something that everybody does. That's something that we all do in our first languages as well. Um, and something really important to mention is if you look at, let's go to exams for a second, like let's go to the IELTS exam. If you look at the band descriptors that the examiners use to grade students, there is a there's like a description in band nine, which is the highest band that you can get. And it says, uh, hesit uh, not hesitation, but it says pauses. So we're still allowed to pause, for example, uh, but the difference would be like perhaps um, you're pausing for ideas instead of pausing for language, but who can tell the difference? You could just pretend that you're pausing to think of your idea, even if you yeah. maybe can't think of the word in that moment. Like what's the difference? Who's gonna be able to distinguish that? Yeah, that's an interesting point because IELTS in itself, people get very confused. They think, you know, most people need a band seven and they think that they need to be perfect. And I, yeah. I have to explain, even band nine has, you're allowed <laughs> mistakes. Okay, there's 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 room for error in this test. It's not 100% pass, yeah. right? You know, 100% um, score needed or something like this. But um, the pause thing's interesting. Yeah, I always say to my students, you should at least repeat the question. You know, that at least buys you some time and it fills the space. And then you can even start with that as well. 
And you can add things in. That's a great question or something like this. <laughs> why is it? That's what we do. And when, when we, if you analyze it, like when we don't know what to say as native speakers in any language, yeah. we say stuff. That's a really, I've never thought of that before, you know, or something like this. I know. And I suppose if you always say that, then that's a problem. But, you know, after every question, then that might be a slight issue. But yeah, there are ways. There are definitely ways you can implement 100%. that's it for today thank you so much for listening you can find alison at english in technicolor on instagram make sure you go check her out she's got some beautiful posts and some great material to help you with your english and hopefully i'll see you again next time ciao